Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. Fly shops are the lifeblood for the fly fishing industry. Not only can you acquire the latest in gear, flies, and apparel, but your hometown fly shop is a resource that you can tap to educate yourself. If you're lucky, they might share a fishing story. Joining me today, John Herzer from Blackfoot River Outfitters. Thank you for joining me today, John. Absolutely, Lauren. So excited about this. I know, and we should, we're, we're at the library. We are at the library. The new Missoula Library. I've never been in here. It's, it's like state of the art. In fact, I've got this headset on, and I feel like I'm in I, L.A. or something. I feel, this is like my first in-person <laughs> <laughs> interview, too, since like the pandemic. So I'm kind of glad to get this kickstarted, and especially to have you on. It's going to be great. We're just friends. And we're yes. sitting here sitting at the library telling fishing stories, which I'd love to hear one of yours. Oh, do you really want to hear fishing we know, stories? We We've sitting, talked about this. And we were really, sitting here. We have fishing stories. But as I mentioned earlier, that fly fishing is boringly exciting, right? <laughs> I mean, I've got all kinds of terrifying whitewater stories and hunting stories and mountain lions attacking and stuff. But fly fishing, you know, if you don't catch any fish, probably nobody's going to die. Well, so really, that's the base of it. But there's yeah. fun stuff that happens on fly fishing trips. So we could talk a little bit about those. Yeah. I mean, we were even just talking about, you're like, did you ever hear about the story about Justin? And I said, no. 
just him being your husband. Yeah. And I was like, no, I have not heard this story. And you're like, he hasn't told you yet. So I actually want to hear this, this story. So Justin, who guided for us, and this is a long time ago. I don't know. You two weren't married at the time, I don't believe. No. But you were together. Okay. And um, so I don't remember what year it was. But anyway, yeah, we were in the spring and taking some great uh, fishing clients from Seattle that we've taken many times. And and it was an April day, and I don't know how the fishing was. I'm sure it was on par for April, which is usually pretty good. And we have these uh, this group of four, four people, a father and a son, and then two buddies of the father. And he has the uh the the two friends and I have the father and the son and we're we're it's, you know we try to eat lunch earlier because in the afternoon it's usually better in the spring so I'm kind of you know Justin's ahead of me and kind of pushing on down and I see the storm rolling in I'm like come on man we got to pull over so finally I wave him down and he pulls in above this little dam on the Bitterroot and it's a spot we eat lunch all the time it's beautiful so we pull in above this little Ohio dam, and sure enough, the storm's rolling in over the Silway Bitterroot Mountains, as you know, but a lot of your listeners might not know, but it like holds a lot of the, the storms. It looks really, really bad. It comes out about eh, almost to the river, and then it drops back. This one's coming on in, and it's full of black and lightning, and you just see a black shower coming. So we're we're scrambling for some trees and it's you know it's it's private land so we can't go back into the trees too far we got to stay below the water mark and uh so we're doing that and our guys kind of take cover it starts raining really really hard and they kind of duck under some trees and um so justin and i we run back out so we're gonna you know in the spring we want to have a nice warm lunch we're gonna have some i don't know we're gonna have grilled burgers or <laughs> I don't know what we had some something we we needed to get our grills out so it was something like that pork tenderloin or something so we go both of us at the same time run back to the boats to get our uh, to get our grills and we're walking back and meanwhile this storm has moved basically right overhead and there's a little knob right across the river from the spot and meanwhile, a boat from uh, Bend, Oregon, we can always tell the Oregon boys, which Justin <laughs> knew them as soon as he saw them. They have a big metal boat, you know, they're steelhead guys, and they're banging every rock. The water's really low in April, they're <laughs> making a bunch of noise. And they see this storm, so they pull in right below us because they don't know about this dam, and they're like, well, geez, I don't know if I can get over it. So they came over, and I just said, ah, pull over right here, it's no big deal. They didn't want to crowd us. I'm like, you know, you tuck in here for a little bit, you guys can go around the right side there. Okay. So they pull over, and we're going back to grab our stuff. And we start walking back across the gravel toward the trees, and this lightning bolt hits. And I mean, it is terrifying. It just blasts this little knob across the river. It's only, you know, so that's 300 yards away, which is pretty close. If you're, I've been around a lot of lightning, but it was close enough. So Justin kind of looks at me, and his eyes are all wild. He's like, good God, that was close. So we start kind of hot foot, footing it to the trees and uh, low trees. We're trying to get into the high trees. And another one hits, and this one is about 150 feet from us, not yards, 150 feet. It hits a cottonwood tree, blows a huge, and the cottonwood's about as big around as, I don't know, your standard cottonwood. I couldn't reach around it. And it knocked a, a V out of the corner like a piece of pie from the top to the bottom, exploded hundreds, thousands of little shards of, of uh, wood everywhere. And I'm, I look over at Justin, and he is flat to the ground, and his, his, uh, his grill is like four pieces. Just a total yard sale. It scared the shit out of him. 
And he is laying there on his ground. He looks over and he's like, oh my God, that was close. So I'm just like, geez. And then I realize that the, this metal boat is pulled under that tree. Oh my God. So I'm like, these guys are cooked, you know? Yeah. And there's a little line of brush between us. So I kind of run through there, look for them. And they're just, they're white as a ghost. And they have shards of wood all over inside their boat. Oh my gosh. And they're okay. And at the bottom of this tree, it just smells like fire, you know, burning. <laughs> and there are rocks, not quite as big as a bowling ball, blown up out of the ground under the tree, out from under it at the roots. It's pretty cool. I mean, this thing, it was a big bolt hit right there. These guys couldn't get out of there fast. And we're like, we're the hell out of here. <laughs> they turned their boat around and banged it on down the river. So meanwhile, we're like, geez, that was, you know, that was a little too close. So I turn around and start walking back toward our boats. And, and, um, and it's a quick moving storm. So I don't think it's going to hold too long. And there's my friend Dick, um, who's this client who in, in, since then has passed away. He was in his, his late 80s. He was a wonderful customer. And he had, he'd already battled multiple get, uh, bouts of cancer and he was just been sick and he'd just come back and just kick ass on everything he was you couldn't put him down and we had told him you know, he'd been smoking cigarettes his whole life and there dick is feet up in the boat sitting on there smoking a cigarette <laughs> meanwhile his friends are all cowering and his son cowering there and i don't know if justin saw this but i walked over and like, dick what the hell are you doing you got to get out of here he goes he goes have you you know what I've been through? He goes, look around. You think that lightning's going to hit me? And he takes another drag of his cigarette. He goes, I'm fine. <laughs> Just cool as a cucumber. Oh, it's my really gosh. Great. That is such a great story. Were so, the burgers well done? Oh, I don't know about the burgers. <laughs> I think the burgers probably got done real quick. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that is such a crazy story. Justin never told me that story whatsoever. Maybe I, mean, I made it up. Maybe you did. Uh, is it a fishing story? You don't know. We These don't are, know. I'm pretty good at making things up. I'm a good fishing guy. Well, I, I, I'm the one with the podcast. <laughs> I'm really good at I'm really good at shooting shit around people. All right. <laughs> but what's so incredible, and you know, as you were just talking about the um, the guest that the client that you had mm -hmm. that was 80 years old and you had him forever and he's passed away. You have made Blackfoot River Outfitters has been here for 25 plus years 33 34 i don't know no let's see what it's uh 2022 so 32 years yeah and i yeah we, when we were sitting here and i was just talking about the big how much impact blackfoot river outfitters has done with the within the community i mean you probably produced how many fishing guide how many outfitters I lots mean, yeah <laughs> i mean it's You've really been a passion. Your passion has incurred other people to find their passion. Doesn't that ever, like, at one point, do you ever kind of sit or just think, wow? This oh, is it really, you're right. It does strike me as such because we take these, you know, over years for customer base. I mean, generations. Yeah. Like, I'll have grandpa, dad, son on the same trip that um, the guys were taking tomorrow. I took one of these. There's three sons and a father. I took one of the sons when he was still in high school. They all have families now, and the sons are bringing their kids tomorrow to go fishing. So that's really cool. And then there are other things more like, you know, around the community and the fishing community in, in Montana in particular um, that, you know, I'll, uh, you know, whether it's an outfitter that owns, you know, some big guiding company now and stuff, and I signed their first license. There's a guy in Ennis who has, owns a big fly shop there and, 
does a ton of trips, you know, signed his first guide's license. And um, there's one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, little river rangers down on the Smith River, Nate. Hi, Nate, if you're out there listening. <laughs> uh, really cool, cool, super cool guy, Nate Claus, a uh, great outdoorsman. And I remember taking Nate and his brother and his dad um, fly fishing when Nate was in high school. I don't know, he was a sophomore maybe. He's younger than my son is now, I think. And now Nate's the river ranger for the Smith River. I think that's really cool. You know, I've just met all these really interesting people and um, hopefully we have a good impact on them. I mean, we're really fortunate. We got a pretty good gig. I get, I myself, I have a great gig because the only thing I can really good, good at is taking people fishing. That's a good thing to be good at. Yeah, I'm, well, it's it's not rocket science, honey. I don't tell know. <laughs> I have to say, I we had hosted a ladies' uh, fly fishing casting or fly fishing fly tying casting event, and I got stuck with the knots, which mm-hmm. is I can tell people how to do knots, right? Mm-hmm. But at one point, I was getting a little tongue-tied there. <laughs> no pun intended. So to speak. But, it, you know, it's it's also very intimidating when you're teaching people new skills that I'm like, okay, am I teaching them correctly? Because I also want them to go on the water. Um, and also, you know, it was so great because uh, just was it um, a co- last week, we had the ladies. Uh, ladies night. Ladies night, yeah. which I came out as a big winner. Yeah, I saw I'm that. I'm a winner. I'm like, I, do you see I have a backpack here? I don't know if it's a big winner, but I, I saw you win something. I still winner. feel very good. I also won this backpack from BHA's event. Oh, um, well, you are a winner. Good God, know, I'm going to hang with you. I felt like, <laughs> and I'm also an impatient winner. When, when I found out I won something, but they didn't tell me what I won, I was like, hey, what, what did what, I, what I win? What I win? And they're like, hold your horses. I'm like, well, I did put it together. Like, I really wanted this camping thing. And they're like, um, you got the backpack. And I was like, well, that's great. I'm still winning. I'm, I'm still, I'm taking that win. But what was going back to winning. the event was that um, what I thought was so great about that event is that you really did put a focus on water safety. Um, yeah, that was cool. We we hadn't done that in the past, and um, and we did a little throw bag toss and. You know, it's so interesting, and I don't know if, uh, obviously, people don't know how this works, but typically we have a list of events, the internet events, um, what would you call that, where you sign the little slip. You've gone through these, jeez, uh, I'm missing know. the word, like where a, you, like you're a... going through this, uh, you're going through this little course, you do the casting event, and then you do the throw bag event, and then you do the knots. It's not an event, it's more, because it's not a Participation competition. Card? Yeah, you just say, I did this, right? Yeah. And then you throw that card into the big drawing for a big shopping spree or something for several hundred dollars or thousand dollars or something so anyway we you go through one of those so we have a pretty backed up line because i didn't really realize how long it would take to stuff the throw bag i haven't done that in a while (laughs) (laughs) when somebody's throwing it every minute um but it was really insightful for me that i had so many women come and they said god this is great that you're doing this we have that in our boat i didn't know what it was Number one, that was probably the most common thing said. Other ones like, ooh, we have one of those. It's in our dry box. Didn't know it should be available. You know, they didn't, how would you know? Right. Right? It's not any any uh, uh, diss against anyone, right? It's just, how would you know? And that's what we're good at, right? I mean, we're good at making sure we give out knowledge, right? right. Because that's what we do. Like, I wouldn't tell you how to do a podcast because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? But I can talk. <laughs> And I can tell you about stuff. <laughs> so it was it was really fun that they they really took that to heart. And um, 
And we made it fun. You know, you had a little uh, life jacket, and you try to hit the life jacket, you know, or something like that. And some of them would shoot it 100 feet over my head or come right back down their feet, you know, because if you've never thrown a throw bag, how would you know how to do it? One gal, and, and another thing I love about women, other than just they're women, um, <laughs> and I hang out with a bunch of men, um, is that uh, they really think about stuff and they don't they ask a lot of questions and dudes are like yeah yeah I know well really you don't know and if you knew you and if you were so good at fishing you probably wouldn't need me to help you out but yeah dudes kind of generally are that way they're like yeah yeah I got it and they don't have it women not the case I would argue most most guides worth guiding worth what their weight of guiding is they much prefer women because they ask questions and if they don't understand something they're going to ask you and then they also think about stuff, you know, so it makes me a better guy. They think of different ways to teach them, and whether that's, um, you know, some people learn by sight, and other people learn by listening, and other people, you have to, like, move their hand. All right, this is the way you want to do it. Other things, you you know, my brother's notorious for putting a strap on someone's wrist, if they're breaking their wrist, and just different techniques. One gal in the throwback toss, see, I'm circling yeah. back in there, she says, oh, so it's like uh, uh, cornhole. Exactly. Duh. Yeah. Never thought about that. So then I would round up 10 or 15 gals, give them the spiel before they threw the thing. And I'm like, it's like cornmeal. And they're like, bing, light bulb. So uh, now when I explain how to throw a throw bag, it's like a hard cornhole toss. And how hard are you going to throw it? How far is the cornhole? I saw some of those throws. There were some pretty intense Oh, well, ones. a couple of them. I was like, all right, this gal's underhand, soft. Pit or a softball pass pitch like division division one. I literally walked by Jesus. and I think someone like threw it and like someone was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, that like, was me. Probably. Okay, I mean she burned a couple of them to me. Have you ever had an instance where you had to use um, a dry bag? Uh, throw bag. Thro- yes, sorry, yes, yes, bag yes. Bag. But you know, once again, that's not in this life. That's in my old life. Right. Um, although you know, I guess I didn't have to use one, and I. In the gorge, I, I guess I've done it a little, a little bit with fishing, um, but as a whitewater guide. So I was a whitewater guide from graduated from high school. This is telling my age. I'm really old. 1982. I started. I was a whitewater guide before I graduated from high school, and I ran a big whitewater company in Colorado. And we ran. And then I started doing a lot of crazy stuff in in California, all the serious class five. And then we we're in Africa and doing really crazy Zambezi big volume class five. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of throw bags in the water. Yeah. At one point, I came down the Zambezi. I came around the corner at Rapid uh, 15, and it's a big drop, really big. And there are 45 people swimming in front of me. Every boat's upside down. So I'm like, all right, guys, get your shit together. Buckle down. Here we go. I'm, uh, are people freaking out? Yeah, you just got to. You know, and that's another thing. I, I So there was 162 flips amassed in six months when I was there. I had two. Out of 16 guides. It's not because I was a better guide. I was better at people. So you'd get people moving around. And that's what I'm talking about. It's just being able to, you know, a lot of these people didn't speak great English or something. But I could, you know, I'd be able to tell them how to move around in the boat. We'd be on the edge many, many times a day, you know. But you get high side here, high side there. And you get that enthusiasm going. And uh, all of a sudden you're down the river. So it didn't. You know, you get to the bottom of the drop and you can pull out your throw bag and start dragging people in because they were all over the place. It was like, it was just popping up everywhere. Boats upside down. It's crazy. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of throw bags, but not in a while. I think in the, I think in fishing, I've only pulled my throw bag out twice, maybe three times. 
and uh, three times with clients, not in my boat, but I um, that evening at ladies' night, a uh, person that was there said that they were guiding on the uh, on the West Fork of the Bitterroot, which right now is raging. Right, it's running seventeen hundred. Yes. It's a luge. It's a fast river. It's fun to fish, but it's rocking. It's it's there's not a whole lot of eddies. It's moving fast. You know the waves aren't big, but I mean it's just cranking. And he was guiding on it when it was high like that. And um, there's a little wave train um, in this about midway through it. And he told the guy, older guy, once again, you know, in fishing, you're not like whitewater. We're getting these young Mm -hmm. athletic people typically. You know, fishing, you don't know what you're going to get. And he had an older guy, um, late 70s, early 80s, pretty fit, he said. And told him, said, all right, reel up. We're going to roll through this little rapid section. It's not big rapids, but it's waves and it's moving. And then we'll fish at the bottom of it. The guy's like, okay. And he said they hit the first wave. The guy's like, whippy. And he spins around and he just kept going out of the boat. And he had never seen anybody in a river. And if you've never seen anybody in a river, especially it's swollen. So most of the time you're going to use a throw bag is when the rivers are high. That's why it's not happening a lot when people are fishing. But uh, the rivers, when it's swollen, then a body goes much faster. I would, and I should know this, I probably did at one point, but I forget a lot of things. I'm going to say easily goes twice as fast as a raft down the river, the body. It's in that current, that undercurrent, and the raft's floating on top, the little meniscus on top's kind of slowed up from the air, the little wind. Easily, I mean, a body just, it just goes down in front of you, like straight away. Now that and, you say that, that makes sense. Oh, man. It goes so fast. And he said he was, this was a guy that was there at the uh, at ladies' nights. So he just said, he said, this guy, he said he couldn't believe how fast he was leaving the boat. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he said, I reached down, throw bags there. I'm on my right side. He goes, it's been there for years. Never moved it. Clips it off. Had never thrown it. Whipped that thing down there. Yelled at the guy. That's the key. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yelling at him, getting their attention. Because... Let's, you know, I don't know. I don't throw a baseball at all, right? I, or, or cornhole. I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you miss them by five feet or 10 feet or 25 feet. Who knows, right? You want to make sure they know bag's coming. That way they get eye contact. Bag's on its way. They see the, the line coming. They grab it, right? Or if it misses by five feet, they roll over and swim over and grab that line because they're feeling pretty scary. Yeah. You got the mammalian reflex. Like oh. you're breathing as soon as you get cold, cold water and... In Montana, water's cold. Oh, yeah, especially right, <laughs> it's right now. Yeah, it's, it's really cold. It just came off the mountains, right? Yeah. And it just takes your breath. And as a mammal, you want to breathe. You want to breathe water. And you're like, <gasps> you know, so you got to get their attention. He said he yelled at the guy. The guy looked back at him, threw the bag, got him, pulled him up to the boat. Oh, my gosh. He said he was, he said it totally changed his whole view of throw bags and positioning of that thing and where it's at and doesn't use a sense, but I mean, it's there. Right, right. Yeah. It, it just takes an instance oh. like that for you. Anytime you're like in the boat, like for just one horrible oh. thing like that, you'd be like, okay, where's 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 my bag? You don't want it in your dry box. No, you definitely don't, don't want it want down it. in there under the gunnel if you're in your drift boat, right? You know, Justin and I always talk about this because sometimes he'll have some um, clients that'll come on the boat and... Um, Justin, and even if the water isn't really all that bad, Justin's like, they should probably be wearing a life jacket because there's no way, no way I'm going to be able to haul this person back on the boat. Um, And and also, I think the water can be, I mean, just recently, not recently, it wasn't this like two months ago, some younger boys were on the Bitterroot. 
I don't you know hear what about happened? that? No. I think I think they got they just didn't read the water right. There was a down log jam. Log jam. That's a dangerous river. Yep, yeah. and they're just I think they were younger, mm-hmm. um, inexperienced, and um, were lucky enough not, um, that they didn't die. But I mean, it just things like that is that you know wa- the water can be like oh there's just a log there, but it's, oh, man. there's so much more going on underneath. So much more. My my daughter. Um, I had her take a, uh, I'm going to have my son do the same thing, take a whitewater class, which I taught years and years ago, these uh, river rescue classes and stuff. But, you know, first of all, I'm not up to par on all the newest stuff. And they are, you know, these young guys are. And also, you know, you want your kids to learn from someone else. They're going to listen a lot better. And she, one of the things they did is have her swim. Um, now, she's fully, low, you know, she's got her life jacket on, wetsuit. It's cold. It's in June. And they have a run up against a log against two rocks. And the the job is there was must have been 40 people in that class from and she was the youngest one there. She was 17 or something when she took that class. Um, but then there were a lot of adults and and a couple big old boys uh, that were on the fire department. The fire department had to take the class. So she had to haul those guys in on a throw bag, which she did. And wow. she talked about some torque. But she said that one thing that opened her eyes more than anything, the power of the river which I thought was just the best lesson for her. She swam up to this log, and it's just a plain log. She's maybe 12-inch diameter log. It's right at the surface of the water. Water's moving pretty fast, about waist-deep. And they have two spotters on the sides of the rocks, right? So it's safe. And all they have to do is hit the log, like with their feet going under it, push themselves up over and flip over the log. Because you don't want to go under a tree, right? Because Never. that's where shit goes bad, right? Yes. you got strainers and things that snag your shirts and stuff like that. The bad stuff happens when you're down under a tree. She she said she saw that and she's like, oh, yeah, oh, this is a no-brainer. You know, she's, she's like her dad. She's pretty confident. And hit that log. She said it was just terrifying. Right. Said she was in a taco around log in a second. She was just trying to push. She could not. And she said this water was not that strong. She's like, Dad, I can't tell you. I would have waded across that stretch. And she says, I could not push my body against it. And finally, she just ducked under and went under it, which was fine because they know it's clear. Of course. Yeah. They. I I saw this. um, Brilliant. I think it was like white. I I saw the... on um, someone's Instagram account of them actually doing that. Yes. They put their weight and they have to go over Over it. it. And um, it wasn't that high at all. And um, I can only imagine, like she said, I even wading across, like, you know, going up Rock Creek. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. And I wait across. I'm like, okay, (laughs) wait a second. I'm like, I'll just like stand there for just a hot second between my legs. I'm like, just make sure I've got my, you know, my left foot feels strong before I bring the right one. But um, yeah, that is power of the river is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's so it's it's so beautiful, and we we're lucky enough that we have three of them. Oh, um, yeah. But kind of, you know, I circling back to Blackfoot River Outfitters because, I mean, did you ever expect this? Because I mean, it started out over on um, a small small little shop in reserve yeah yeah yeah. Well, really over to, on Russell, yeah. both great busy streets. Yeah, yeah, busy. <laughs> So, did you was what was the vision when you started Blackfoot River Outfitters? Well, first of all, the only vision is my wife. Yeah, right. She's I, like I said, what I can do is I can take people fishing, and I'm good at that. That's, the, that's like I said, it's embarrassing to say, but that's about all I can do. But my wife, on the other hand, is super smart, driven, um, used to guide. She's 
completely capable on the oars, a delightful angler. You know, she can fish anything from size 24 to, you know, I don't know what we're using in Brazil, 4-aught, which we got to talk about, which is amazing. Oh um, but yeah, I mean, so she's an amazing woman in every way. And really, you know, she was working at the, the I'll give you the quick synopsis as best I can. So she's working, this is in the 90s. Um, we moved to Montana. We were up at Rock Creek for a weekend in February. She's going to graduate school in Idaho. And we came over to visit friends who still live here. And, uh, you know, we were up on Rock Creek. The fishing was insane in February. My buddy's like, uh, nobody fishes here in the winter because we came <laughs> from Colorado. We fish in the winter all the time. And we go there, and sure enough, there wasn't a track in the snow. And at one point, we are on one run with ice shelves on both sides. And we're on both sides across from one another, rod tips almost hitting. And... Uh, nymphing a run and I don't know we caught 80 or 90 I don't know you know I mean we get one every cast for hours I mean how many fish is that a lot a lot of fish and we're just like this place is incredible and we saw white-tailed deer and I love to fish but I live to hunt so I was like really interested in hunting in Montana and um, white-tailed deer mule deer um, there has been about 30 head of bighorn sheep on the ridge above us um um, then about 150 elk roll over this ridge in the evening to eat. And I'm like, and then a moose walks across the river below us. And we look at each other and I'm like, why would we live anywhere else than right here? And it's such I never left. I'm like, this is the most amazing place. Sounds like Narnia. Right. It is <laughs> like, Narnia. I was like, we? what the hell? Where is, did I enter? <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. I just loved it. And, um, so then we start, I started guiding and I could just go on and on about that and, work for some other people um and then and uh then terry my wife was working at uh the university and everybody's like, oh you got this great job everybody's all talking about a job you know you get benefits and all this stuff and gosh she was there sure. for 10 years wow what was her job at the and she worked at the uh graduate school oh, okay. um in the office there with under wow. the dean of the graduate school and doing like all his heavy lifting. I think he's a cool guy, great guy. Her boss yeah. was wonderful. and But, she, you know, she just thought, man, she would come home and she just wasn't that happy. And I just said, you know, you just got to quit. Yeah. You know, we had no money. I mean, zero dollars. That's but, a lot for you to tell Yeah, but I'm just like, yeah, this is a big deal for us. But yeah. well, I just said, you got to be happy because otherwise, what's the point? So she did. And she started guiding part-time and doing some other stuff and it was great and then we started working for these other guys in a new shop and uh and then we decided that uh we're going to we're going to start a shop in phillipsburg and we've been to phillipsburg pretty cool place i love right? phillipsburg. phillipsburg's really cool right and we're there and but it's not that busy. cool yeah, not. I mean, it's okay. It's cool, but yeah. not that. Cool. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't open that Narnia door. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. But I was. So we're up in the Berg, and it's pretty fun. And uh, so we're some friends from Washington State are there with us, and we we're like, oh God, you know, there's this neat little store for rent, and rent then was pennies, right? And we were like, oh, we ought to do this, and we're always, we we're, we're gonna do this, gonna do that, gonna do this. We never do it. So our friend, who is a super go getter. He, we're having coffee and, and midday with a bunch of, there's some festival there or something. And he comes back over and he's so, uh, I just talked to the owner who owns this. We're right next to the store that's for rent. And um, he goes, they said some, uh, somebody from Butte is opening a fly shop there next month. And my wife blows a fuse. I mean, F-bombing. She like <laughs> shoves, knocks her coffee over. She was 
effing mad. And wow. she is like, God damn it, I am sick of having these ideas and not opening up, you know, and not doing it. He goes, I'm just kidding. I just seen if you guys were serious. <laughs> no way. And I was just like, huh. You know, we got to do it. That that told you exactly oh, yeah. where your heart was in. Let's do it. So we, it. we did it. And we opened this little store. We had a little tiny bag of money that we'd got from selling a house or something. I don't remember what it was. And uh, we just put all that cash. We just kind of on a napkin with a friend of mine. We just kind of spelled out everything. We thought we'd need to open a store in Phillips. We'd, we'd been in that business, but we'd never run that business. Yeah. So we did that, and we hired this guy, Matthew, um, who has been on the podcast, who got eaten by a bear and didn't get eaten, but it was really, Mauled. that's a whole nother We will talk about thing. that we'll talk about a that too. Okay, so uh, Matthew, we meet Matthew. We opened on um, on uh, April Fool's Day. We figured that's appropriate because we don't know <laughs> if we're going to make any money. <laughs> and we made him like three weeks before that, and he's just moving in from Kansas. It all just fell up together, and we're like, want to run a fly shop and he started working with us he's still with us today um he's now co-owner with us because yes. he's amazing so and amazing amazing human being and um we just jumped in and then we did okay it's made money every year it's 16 years which is pretty cool that is really you were making money before fly fishing was cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know it's hard work Oh, yeah. But we're, you know, we're pretty dedicated, and that's really kind of what we're good at. And we, you know, and then you get someone like Matthew who's way too smart to be in the fly fishing industry. <laughs> I mean, he could be doing anything he wants. We're going to NASA or whatever, right? right. He's like, you know, he likes to bird hunt, likes to fish. So it's cool. And he's been with us every day. And so we did that, and then we expanded that store and blew out a wall. And then we ended up buying a building up there. And so now we had a really cool store up there. And then uh, this whole thing in Missoula, we were working for some other guys, or we're running their guide business. And then they decided to close, and we're like, we could do this. So then we started our store on Reserve, or Russell Street, which was just a little tiny 900 square foot. On Reserve Street. On Reserve Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is little. And we had so much crap in there, I didn't really realize that until we moved. <laughs> but you know, it, we were there, I think, for seven years or something, eight years, I don't remember. Um, and it was amazing. It was great. It was kind of hidden. You know, it would be so frustrating. We'd be frustrated right. because, you know, I had my drip boat sitting out there just as some sort of sign, you know, <laughs> like the uh, the bat. There's the, fishing out here. <laughs> right, the, what bat, is the, the bat, bat signal, sign. right? Yeah. We wanted a big stimulator up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't figure out how to do it and didn't know if the city would let us do it. Um, so we put this drip boat out there. And even then, people would come in. We'd been there for six, seven years. And they're like, oh, Oh, we didn't know you guys fly shop here. We're like, oh my God, what does it take to get Missoula to do over here? But I worked at Famous Dave's, and I always thought someone was, was trying to sell a drift boat. <laughs> See what I mean? I was like, oh, God, that thing is still sell. for sale. I was like, every day. I just, because I didn't see like a big sign, and I'd go into Famous Dave's. It was a, I was the beer I'm, tender over oh, there. Oh, thank goodness. I was, I was always like, wow, that boat's still out there. I wonder what's wrong with I, I it. Bet, I bet that's cheap. I wonder if Justin needs a new boat. I don't think we were dating at that that time I was just like oh it's just a weird place to store a boat so it's so <laughs> funny so you had the same reaction apparently as most people did it was just but we, it was great because it got our feet wet and we knew what we were yeah. doing and we had this great team we we're assembling and we outgrew it and once again my wife who's amazing she's always looking for the next thing you know and I was out bow hunting in Iowa um having a great time of course and um i come home and she picked me up at the airport and she didn't go on that trip although she 
likes to go <laughs> on a lot of these trips. But uh, she comes and goes, oh, we got to take a drive downtown. I said, okay. She goes, I've been shopping. Well, when my wife goes shopping, it's not for a pair of shoes. She's looking for a house or some land or something that we can't afford. <laughs> and we'd been talking about trying to buy a buy our own building because we'd been paying um, yeah. this big corporation a lot of money to rent this little tiny pissant place in a strip mall. You yeah, know? for and, someone to look at your drift boat tickets for yeah, sale. Yeah, yeah, right. We're <laughs> hidden back there behind a couple banks and uh, Arby's and you know, sushi. sushi. Yeah, <laughs> the people come by. Oh hell, we're just coming through the sushi. We didn't know you guys were here. We're like, oh my god, we've been here longer than the sushi place. <laughs> um, so we, she's, we we're always talking about it, you know. And once again, I'm always the naysayer. I'm the half full, or what is? Half, half empty? I'm the half empty guy. She's oh, the half full. She's I'm filling totally her up. The, I'm yeah. always the half full. Yeah, that's what she, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, nah, we can't do that. She's like, bullshit, we're doing that. And so I get off the plane, we go for a drive, and we go to this little place and that little place. We're driving around Missoula, and there are all these empty lots, and, you know, this is X dollars. I'm like, yeah, next, yeah. you know? And I said, so? And then we pull in this parking lot, and, it, well, it's not a parking lot. It's just an old corner with it had high fence with uh the wire that you get cut on if you just I don't like even remember what was oh there. it was remember there was a little we called the bunker it was a 900 square foot cement not even cement uh cinder block building it was white and it said wow oh my gosh cleaning it, it remember? used to be the cleaning yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it turned to a marijuana shop yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah all yeah. lime green it was the most <laughs> no, no 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 that's just down that's that's oh, about that 200 feet away or 200 yards but away but there was wow cleaning wow cleaning reds next redstone like, yeah, yeah yeah so I, we yeah. we pull in there and i mean it's just a merit of, of there's all kinds of, of uh, uh, telephone wires and and Russell Street at that point was down low and there was it was a bottleneck right there going over the river but there's only four places to cross the river in Missoula that's one thing that it has going for it right yeah but it was a bottleneck and and um, and it was just kind of, it was it's you know part of the uh, um, oh what do they call it. Uh, area that they're trying to revive, you know, in Missoula. I can't think of the name of it right now, but one of those zones, yeah. you know, and um, redevelopment Re zone. Yeah. And and I, I was in there and I'm like, I don't know if I was what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, bear with me. She goes, this is a diamond in the rough. I said, you got the rough part right. <laughs> I, said, we got, I, got, I don't wow. see the diamonds. Wow. No exactly, right? It's a big sign. It's wow. And I'm like, oh my God, this place is a that dump. That could be a sign too. Oh, yeah. It, and was, it did. It was, we took that to the Missoula Redevelopment Association. We were trying to get some money to do some upkeep on the, uh, and they help with like sidewalks and stuff, this infrastructure and some of the plumbing stuff that comes out of the street. Um, which there's a big move in Missoula to, to stop uh, tax increment financing. And I would argue that's it's good. It's good for business. It's good yeah. for us. It gave us a little bit more money that gave us time to hire more people. It's good. Yes. Right? It's a good thing. Um, there's a lot of people I read in the paper all the time. These guys are all they're up in arms about tax increment financing. Trust me. We're paying it all back in taxes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we took this dumpy lot that was just weeds and wire and a little thing and then we built this really cool amazing we would spend I think we spent probably a year and a half almost two years in line of bed it was like 10 tender we'd flip right yeah. nope 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 Ooh, that's cool what's that oh that's the that's uh Patagonia in Big Sur 
Oh, that's a cool building. That's out of our reach. We, nope, nope, nope. Looking at fly shops. That thing yeah. looks lame, 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 lame. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's REI's flagship store in Seattle. So we had this vision of what we wanted, which pretty was pretty. It was pie in the sky kind of thing. But it's so cool, though. You have the coffee shop right oh, there it, too. Oh, it turned out and it's right? amazing. It is I mean, really the way that you <clears throat> open. I mean, it you you upgraded. A Big lot. Time. So the mezzanine <laughs> is bigger than our entire store was. What? Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's really, it's so exciting. It's really, you know, we're really proud of it. I mean, it's a big course. deal for us. The word on the street was all the outfitters and guides. They were like, oh, Herzer has a rich uncle. He paid for some building. And I'm like, man, I'd love to read. If you know <laughs> oh. this person's name, <laughs> you can Call put me in contact. Me. I'd love to talk to him about it and have him foot the bill. Well, I remember when it's I a big had, deal. oh, it's such a big deal. I remember, I mean, you know, Matt, when Matthew came mm-hmm. onto the podcast, um, it was like two weeks before launch. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, cause I was like, well, come swing by there and say mm-hmm. hi. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to launch in two weeks. And I said, oh, great. And you know, I'm, I just started my podcast. You guys are yeah. over. And it was like during COVID, oh, right? It was what horrible a time. Weird, it was really stressful. What a weird time to open, build this building that was oh. beautiful. And then, I, I mean, I can only imagine how scary that must have that was a weird year for you because on yeah. top of that, yeah. you have all this Running COVID a grizzly thing bear. and the grizzly bear, yeah. which, you know, um, if any of our listeners, Matthew Churchman was mauled by a grizzly bear and John was there and saved and saved you. And well, saved I, don't, him. I, I don't see it that way, but he, I just didn't have any choice. He feels that way. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? Your friend's getting killed. Yeah. You're going to sit there and watch and suck your thumb and rock and back and forth in the corner. I mean, you just got to go into action. But it's terrifying. It's also one of those stories, um, you know, sometimes I'll, like, listen back to a podcast and, like, oh, I need to remember something that someone told me. And that one is really hard for me to revisit just for the fact that um, it gives me a lot of fear and sad for the whole events that happened um, with his family and his little girl. Um, I can't. How are you feeling? I mean, now it's been two years, right? Right. Yeah, because he sent me. I was heading to the Smith here a couple weeks ago and he sent me a uh, text when I was leaving for the put in leaving White Sulphur and he said, uh, what, I don't know, you know, in a funny Matthew Churchman way, because he's hilarious. <laughs> something like, uh, happy Grizzly Day or something like that. <laughs> Thanks for saving my life, which is kind of silly. I feel like that's been overblown. I just, uh, yeah, it was it was horrible. It was terrifying. It really is an important message, I think, for people to know to, um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a, a, a really passionate hunter, bow hunter, and I... I spend a lot of time in the woods mm-hmm. um, because that's why I guide every day so I can take time to go hunt. And that's my life and it's been my life for a long time and I love that. It's just, it's the perfect life for me. But the whole grizzly thing has changed my attitude in the woods. It kind of, it's getting to the point where I'm kind of pissed off about it. Um, first of all, when Matthew was attacked by that grizzly and I was witnessing the whole thing from start to finish, um, you know, I it was the first thing I thought of when I woke up in the morning. And the last thing I thought of when I went to bed at night for months. Yeah. Maybe, I don't remember. I should have kind of kept count, but at least three months. Oh, God. I mean, I, I had dream after dream. I dream my wife's walking over a ridge and screams. And I ran over the ridge and there'd be three grizzlies running her down and just horrible shit. Yeah. I mean, and it <laughs> happened 
so fast. From, mm-hmm. I mean, even though I think that episode oh. is a little bit on the oh. longer side. No, no. But what he what he said, it happened within seconds. Like, oh I yeah, mean, he. Just... My wife says bear. She says right. He says bear, loud, startled bear. He's sixty yards away from me, so I'm pretty slow. I'm not a very fast guy. Let's face it. Um, but you know, whatever it took me to run sixty yards is fast as I could so whatever that is yeah. I don't know what that is I don't know what that is I mean that's I mean is it 10 seconds that's pretty that's pretty fast I don't know you're I'm fast. a slow guy no, you're but oh yeah yeah I, that trust one you me were, that one you but were I mean whatever it would yeah. be at my maximum speed yeah that would be it and then you know then it's over so yeah 10 seconds 12 seconds from the time he sees it yeah. but you know the the viciousness of that attack and and um and how hard it hit him you know, and it just, it, it was like a truck hitting somebody. I can't ever, I just, I can't tell you how his injuries that he sustained will never in my mind match what I saw because when I arrived to him, I full well expected him to be dead. Yeah. And I remember sliding to a stop and just thinking, you know, how am I going to face his wife and his daughter in a few minutes? You know, and I, I was like, in the middle, what, on a fishing trip, in the middle, in the middle of, nowhere, of nowhere, right? We are. What are you guys gonna do? Yeah, I was just like, what am I gonna tell them? You know, I was like, how do I face them? That was, that was what I was thinking, and and then to put my hand on his chest and to feel it moving, I was like, oh my god, he's breathing. I mean, I was just like, are you? Ki-? I could not. I'm telling you, I was elated. I was just shocked because when this bear looked at me, I'm about halfway there, and it snaps its head at me, and I'm like, all right, time to share the pain. Here we go. Right, and I'm running full bore in it, screaming, and I'm like, I just did not want to be in this thing's grill, but I didn't have any choice. And um, and it just snaps its head, looks right at me, and I'm thinking, here we go, you know, time to get, get it's going to get real Western. And then yeah. it just snaps its head back down, and as far as I was concerned, it crushed his skull right then. And I was like, well, that was it. Oh, my gosh. And then it just oh continued gosh. to beat the shit out of him, right? He just, like a windmill of claws and hair and teeth and when I got there you know a few feet from him and looked at me again I'm like well now it's really going to be ugly and I'm like what do you do right, do you hit it and I'm like, kick it it's not going to know I'm there you hit it in the face and I'm like, shit I don't want to be in this thing's grill I'd heard stories of people like putting their arm in its mouth or something I mean all this stuff's going through my you got your gag yeah. reflex that's what yeah. you do with a shark yeah uh, that's what I do with a shark anyway yeah I don't know i I'm like one of those people, like, as if I'm running somewhere where there's, you know, trail running. Yeah. I always am like, okay, Lord, someone comes right now. What do you do? And what I'm do like, you do? I, 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 like, look around. I'm like, oh, there's a rock. Huh. And, but then Good. sometimes I'm like, I'll be running. I'm like, there's nothing here to protect you. So quickly run past this part. But, yeah. So that's exactly so as I'm running. I'm yeah. thinking, is there anything for me to pick right. up a rock, a stick, nothing but gravel. And, um, you know, clear. And then when I'm... A, four or five steps away and it looks at me again and, I, and it snaps its head over and I'm like oh man it's gonna get really bad but I could hear my my troops coming on behind me so yeah. I felt like I've got help and he doesn't have anything and then it spins at me I'm like here we go and it just spun 180 and left oh my god which was the coolest thing on the planet and then I yeah. felt he was alive which was amazing and my friend slides up there and and I'm like, hey, the bear's gone. It's, you know, you're going to be okay, Matthew. And I could see a lot of blood pulling up under his face. And the mud almost knocked him under the river, probably 12, 15 feet in the air. And his face was in the mud. His blood pulling up, and mm. you know, in there. And, his, and I'm like, okay, still yourself. Be cool. Because he's not going to have an eye. He's not going to have a face. They always bite your face. 
That's what right. sucks about grizzlies. I know I've read a lot about grizzly attacks. Oh, I'm lots. sure like, after that it was just like lots. Yeah, <laughs> and they really like to bite your face. Maybe because of the way it. I don't know. I I don't know. That's what they want to eat your face. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Mountain lion. Mountain lions are cool, but you're not gonna you're not gonna startle a mountain lion. Yeah. Let me tell you that. I've yeah. called a bunch of men real close. They're yeah. terrifying, really terrifying. Like for me to you, a few feet away. Mm-hmm. It's not like a grizzly bear. No, I it's not the same. No, no, I never want to see a grizzly bear. (laughs) It was pretty scary. So then he lifts his face up out of this mud and muck and blood, and he starts to turn his face to look at me. I'm like, okay, you can't freak him out, right? His eye's going to be gone or something, and just had this big cut across his forehead, bleeding pretty bad. It's sharp, and I'm like, holy shit, he's not disfigured. We're good. We're winning. That and I was just I'm like I kind of checked out to be honest. I like we flipped him over, and he, which he said he was going to spill out, which yeah, was a that's horrible. What I remember he said that he said it three times to us. Oh my god! He's like, "Don't flip me over, I'm going to spill out." And when I saw that thing going in and out, windmilling his stomach, I thought, "Yeah, he might do that." And then what do you do? Do you? I was thinking, okay, okay, you know, your mind is just spinning so fast. Yeah. The only thing I can equate it to is uh, remember. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and what was his most famous <laughs> movie he's like Terminator? the Terminator thank you <laughs> and he's just like he's just analyzing everything and it's like oh yeah. a computer that's how my mind I wish it was like that all the time because I was pulling in so much information from everything I remember the first thing I did when I was feeling him I remember feeling the air hit me on the left cheek because I was trying to think okay why did these bears come in you know did they smell us I was like no way you know because I'm a hunter first yeah. thing I do is check the wind yeah. Always. And Always. I checked the wind. And I mean, all these weird things were just coming into my mind, flooding my mind with things. And I, I remember just thinking, okay, you know, you don't want him to go into shock. And he, yeah. you know, he flips over and his face is gone or, you know, but then he's okay. And then his stomach is okay. It's pretty beat up, really yeah. beat up. And he's got some punctures and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. We're going to be okay. Oh, hell, I was just like, I'm ready to row. I just went over and started unloading the boat and throwing pads in there. And I was going to row his ass out of there. I figured I could be out of there and maybe two and a half hours you know we only had about 14 miles to go i can row a boat pretty well that's one thing i can do yeah i can guide fishing <laughs> and i can row a boat like that, the wind <laughs> that is justin too one time it was raining and we're with justin's buddy and we had the kids and justin is rowing and um his buddy was like how are you were you part of a row team were you like duke's row team like, where did you come from justin's like i know how to I, how to row how to row a boat but, you know, what was also so crazy about that bear situation is that you guys had dogs. And isn't Four that... Four hunting dogs. Yeah, like big dogs. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're not big dogs, but they're hunting dogs. I mean, these dogs are aware. And you can't get up out of a chair at camp without them, like, pushing you and wanting you to throw a stick. And, and also, I mean, you they were they gone. probably smell... They, they were non-existent. Smell. Bears are stinky. Oh, God, yes. They're so stinky, yeah. so... You know, sometimes when I go on runs, I'll think that I'm kind of protected <laughs> if I have a dog. And every time I think I think about Matthew, who is not even protected. Well, like, not only that, but I wanted some ground cover, right? Yeah. I wanted these dogs to be barking and running at the bear. And so the bear thinks there's more shit happening. And they're just, whatever they're doing, I'm playing grab ass over in the bank. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing there. I never saw them. And, and they never, they never it, engaged ever, at all. Yeah. And I don't, they just didn't, I don't know where they were. I don't know. <laughs> What yeah. happened to the dog factor? But one thing I do know with grizzlies, you know, dogs are not great because they follow the dog to you. Um, so there's yeah. a guide in the Bitterroot 
really cool guy. And he, uh, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if he wants us to. Okay. But he was but hunting. He's a cool guy in the Bitterroot, everybody. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> yeah, and a really nice guy and a real fishy dude. He does some saltwater or some steelheading and stuff. And um, he's been guiding a long time. And he was bird hunting over in the eastern side by Shoto one time, a long time ago. Must have been in the early 2000s, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, dog goes into the brush, you know, and they just hunted this drain. And they were on their way back to the truck. Dog goes in the brush, getting kind of birdie, guns at the ready. This guy's not, it's not his first rodeo, right? He's, yeah. Like, I feel like I can pull up a shotgun pretty quick, right? And he looks up, dog's coming back at him with a weird demeanor, running full speed. He's like, what? What? It just kind of threw him off. He's like, well, that's weird. And right behind it is a big, big, big grizz. And uh, moving fast, real fast, closing ground quick. And before he could get his gun shouldered, it had turned off the dog and had him on the ground and beat the shit out of him. I mean, he was in the hospital for a long time. He's torn to pieces. His scars are unbelievable. He showed me one time. It was terrifying because he knew about this whole thing. And yeah, it just, it just thrashed him. So not to freak everybody out, but I just, I think as an education thing, it's really important to know like we hunt birds a lot there, and now when I hunt birds around Montana, it it's kind of bumming me out because now, because I've seen how fast this happens, when I'm hunting birds, I'm thinking instead of hunting and saying, "Oh, where's the rooster?" You know, and well, oh, like this little drain, I'm gonna go into that. It's okay. I'm at shotgun range. Now I'm at bear spray range. Now I'm at shotgun range. Now I'm at bear spray range. I'm not thinking about birds anymore. I'm thinking about grizzlies. Was that always the case? Did no. that happen after? Yeah, more, a lot more yeah. after Matthew was attacked. But uh, really, it's been coming on for five years or something. I mean, there's just so many grizzlies out on the landscape right now. And I'm not anti-grizzly at all. I think it's yeah. cool. I mean, I like the idea of it. But it's some, it, I don't want it to make it where I can't recreate. Right. Because I'm really struggling with this. Oh, I, I mean, I can completely understand I that. I go on a girl's camping trip, and there's a little element where I'm going to get a, a grizzly. Uh, a, I don't even know if, if they actually work, but I'm going to get a bear fence for the sake of my sanity yes. around my tent. But, you know, when Jess and I were in Ennis, we went to this um, fly fishing um, in Ennis, and there was a photographer there, and he had all these grizzly photos. And I was like, oh, my gosh where why are you how are you getting this close because even you know you can have really close lenses you still have to be at somewhat in a range and he goes it's interesting he goes grizzlies have personalities just as humans as dogs he goes i have a grizzly that is and of course you know they're still gonna be like grizzlies he goes but there there's mean angry pissed off grizzlies and that's her personality. And he had this one picture, and I was like, "Was that the mean one?" Because this grizzly is on its on its hind legs; its claws are out. And he just like you could tell he was just looking for something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he goes, "That one, that one was the meanest grizzly, the bad one." The bad one. And then <laughs> there was this other grizzly that was sitting in the flowers, like literally looked like a dog. And he goes, "And that grizzly Sweetheart. was just, you know." He goes, "It's interesting that." You know, I think people, like you said, I think grizzlies are great. I like looking at the NS fly fishing film, <laughs> the NS fly fishing um, banquet and looking at the pictures. I don't want ever want to come encounter of a grizzly. I don't want to see one. I really don't. I like looking at them. Yeah. It's just it's, not my, it's not my jam. I kind of feel like I'm going to be killed by a grizzly. 
Don't say that. Yeah, seriously. And I'm okay no. with that now. It took me a long time to get to that point, but I'm all right. I'm cool with it because no. I'm sick and tired of not, like, since this whole attack thing, and I've been, like, been a different person. Like, I used to go antelope hunting by myself out in the plains. Well, now they're on the plains where I hunt antelope, like, lots of them. It's really effective. And, or... yeah, and it bumps me out. And I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm going to go hunting. After two years, you're like, I'm okay, just like, I'm... you know what? I'm going, and... If that's what happens, that's what happens. I don't want it to happen. Trust me. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm just, I, I just don't want to change who I am and what I do because there are grizzlies on the landscape. Um, I will say that, and maybe this is uh, the National Forest Service will have me indicted for this. But I mean, I wouldn't hesitate for one second to shoot a grizzly bear. Not in one second. If I was hunting and, you know, I'm hunting pheasants and like I say, I'm mm-hmm. always gauging that distance. I'm like... Under 15 yards, no way I'm pulling my bear spray. My friends have been, like every one of my friends has been charged by a grizzly. It's staggering. I'm telling you, all of them, because we hunt where they live. And one of my friends was uh, hunting a stretch that they've hunted for years, and they know there's grizzlies. They hang out in there, a little patch of aspens, great pheasant hunting. And dogs are working there. He's pushing the cover, kind of, he's not going to get a whole lot of shooting probably. And the dudes are on the outside walking along. And he hears major ruckus and some yelling and didn't really know what's going on. You know, it could be birds getting up, you know, dogs, people yelling at their dog. God damn I think all the, all the labs are named God damn it or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, and he hears a lot of activity and up through the Aspen Grove. Sure enough, here it comes, full on charge, big grizz, moving fast, real fast, knocking shit down. And he, you know... He's a great conservationist and a very, very close friend of mine. And he's—he said, he goes, "I'm just not—I'm not going to shoot a grizzly bear." You know, he in his mind, he's just the opposite of me. He's like, "I'm never doing it." So he's setting his gun down to pull his bear spray. Well, it bruised both kneecaps. That's how hard he set his gun down. He threw his gun to his knees, basically, and was reaching for his bear spray. The thing was at 60 yards when he saw it. By the time he pulled the bear spray out of the holster, it was on top of him and running by him at two or three yards away. Just ran by, never knew he was there. He was just spooked. Oh my gosh. That is That's terrifying. how fast they're moving. Justin has had some encounters with grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, it's what's going to happen. But I mean, like, you know, like I told you when we were hunting and, you know, we weren't hiking and then we came back down and there was grizzly yeah. on the snow and I was like, yeah. Uh. I mean, first off, we have bear spray. I have yeah, a gun. Yeah, so yeah. I do feel, it, but it, and our head is on a swivel. Like, yes. I also like to be, and when I go hunting, um, even though it's probably, I sometimes, I like to make sure that there's some ground that I can see. Like, I can't just be, I don't know. I, I like to know that there's an end point to like where we're going. I'm like, Justin, where are we going? Because I need to make sure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my my exit strategy here. Yeah. So if you tell me I'm going up here, also you're a big guy, and I know you're yeah. gonna you He's take gonna one help for the me team. Out. Yeah, take it for the team. I, actually, now like hearing your story, like fight or flight, my Claire, my sister, is a total like. She oh, she's freezes. running. No, 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 no. Claire runs away. Oh, that's why no. I said she's oh, running. Oh, I thought oh, you like yeah. meant running too. No, no, her. she's out of there. I I've met no. her before. Oh, she's gosh. out of there. No, she's a she's scurdy cat. Yeah. One time, I mean, she seriously, her, her, her like legs lock up and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm a, I actually need, if I'm going on a girl's trip, I need to figure out who's going to be my fight or flight. There's only a few handful of ladies I feel confident that would Well, you need to bring my wife. 
Oh, I'm gonna bring. Oh, her. she's a badass. Oh, she's a so total real, badass. So here's another quick quick story. We're getting way off. We're getting out of out of whack, but because <laughs> it gets into hunting, right? Because that's yeah. where you really encounter. Like, like I said, we got the boring, boringly exciting fishing. Boringly but, exciting. But the hunting thing, you're on the landscape engaging with these critters. So as I've said, we've we've called in several lions. So I'll try to make this quick, but. We don't really rifle hunt very much, but it was opening day a few years ago, and we're like, well, we're not working for some reason. You know, I, wouldn't have a, I didn't have work that day and a, a trip, and um, I said, I said, well, shit, rifle season opens tomorrow. Do you want to go? And she's like, yeah, I'll go. I said, well, I'm not going to hunt. And she goes, well, I'll take my rifle. If we see a big buck, I'll roll it over. She goes, I haven't shot anything <laughs> with my rifle a long time. And I'm like, okay. So it was kind of fun. It's just the two of us go to our little spot up the Blackfoot. Not a car there. It's amazing. We're hiking and hiking and hiking. And we saw some cow elk and we saw some bucks and nothing so she wanted cool. to shoot. And we had a great morning. Really fun. I don't know where all the people were because it was opening day. I expected it would be Orange Army because I'm never out there. Yeah. Right? So I don't know what to expect. But anyway, it was a lovely morning. Beautiful. Nothing we wanted to shoot. So we're rolling back off the mountain toward the truck. And she's like, whoop, there's, there's some." She goes, there's a deer. I'm like, oh, and I kind of stop, and she has a great eye, you know, and I'm looking down there, I'm like, hey, she's like, oh, and I have to move over a little bit, sure enough, and she's like, oh, it's a lion. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's about 100 yards away, 110 maybe, and a beautiful, big, big, full-grown lion, and it's kind of looking up at the hill at us, and I'm like, well, man, that thing's awesome, so I pick up my binoculars, and I'm checking it out, I'm like, it's really beautiful, and it's just looking at us, looking at us, and then it looks down the hill, off the side, and I'm like, oh, might be some deer coming up you know it's probably hunting and I said we gotta look alive she goes look alive she goes I'm she goes here's what she, she and then the thing snaps back at us she's like all right she goes when the shit goes down <laughs> this is her <laughs> quote when the shit goes down I'm gonna hand you the bear spray because we got bear spray right she goes I'm gonna have the bear spray I'm gonna give that to you I'm gonna hand you no she says I'm gonna take the bear spray I'm gonna unholster the bear spray you're gonna grab my rifle she goes, because I, you know, she didn't, she didn't grow up like shooting rifles. She's a great shot, a great shotgunner. But, you know, like my son probably shot a BB gun more before he was five than she shot her entire life of any gun, right? Yeah, so it's just yeah. different, right? She just didn't yes. grow up doing that. So she, anyway, she's like, I don't know if I can shoulder a gun fast enough to shoot a speeding line. I'm like, oh, okay, when the shoot goes down, I'll take the gun. I'm like teasing her. I'm like, yeah, it's just a lion, no big deal. And we're kind of watching it. This goes on for several minutes, kind of looking at us, looking downhill, looking at us. And she's like, oh, there's company. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, there's another one. I'm like, what are you talking about? What? And I look over with my binoculars. I'm like, holy shit, there's another lion. She goes, there's another. I'm like, stop it now. She goes, great. Now it's three on two. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And we can see him kind of, the, the other ones are behind it, kind of swimming around in the light in the trees, just kind of looking up and moving around. And I'm like, holy crap, it's three lions. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't happen, right? It's not yeah. like a pride of lions in Africa, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is definitely. This is not the same thing. And I'm like, what? I'd never seen this. I'm like, wow. And I've got my binoculars. I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. And then the lion that's closest to us, it looks at us again, it's just staring at us. And while I'm looking at it in the binoculars, full on Serengeti charge, like going as fast as it can, tail up in the air, that black tip just snapping like a bullwhip above its back. And there is like, I've got 10 power binoculars. So I'm looking 110 yards away. It looks like it's in my lap, right? And I could see the dirt coming out from under the claws, and it is just bearing down on us as fast as it could come. She's like, the shit's going down. 
what did and you I, do? And uh, she, she goes, pulls her bear spray. That's why I tell you, you got to have my wife there. Yeah. She pulls her bear spray out, hands me the gun. She goes, take this, bear down. You know, I'm like, <laughs> so this is a beautiful little, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of her little um, 7mm08 that she has. It's, I had it made for it, cut short. Oh, you know, it's nice. a beautiful little gun we never really use. I throw this gun up while it's so short in the stock. Like, I see a pinhole in the, in the scope. I'm trying to back it up. I'm like, holy shit. Because I'm Just trying to get free. back away yeah. from the scope so I get the full view. Yeah. And about the time I do, it comes to a stop. So now it's about, I don't know, 60 yards. Come halfway, maybe. Oh, my gosh. And it's there, and it's like, like its feet are up on a small log. So it's got its chest up, and its tail snapping around. And he's like looking at his ears are back. And I'm like, good grief. This thing's starting to piss me off, you know? And, I, and I'm not really paying attention to the others. Meanwhile, my wife is like total wrestling stance, wide stance, bear spray out, caps off. Good to go, man. <laughs> she is golden. She's not, she's buckled down. And um, then it just kind of like, I don't know. I don't think it made any noise, but it was just like looking at us and looked really not very happy. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put one at this thing's feet and give it a little lesson. Yeah. I, said, I, don't, I don't like this. You know, I've had, had him enough. do this before. I'm yeah. like, man, I'm not going to do that. So I'm like, <laughs> shoot, and I hit this log right below it. Well, like rocks and bark flow up in its face. Well, if you took a cat and you threw it up in the air, that's what the thing was. It was like flipping and spinning in the air. I'm like, she's like, oh, my God, did you shoot it? I'm like, no, I didn't <laughs> shoot it. I said, it's just... in front of it. It startled the hell out yeah, right? Yeah. All these rocks flying. Hits the ground, takes it up, running away. I'm like, yeah. Skids multiple feet to a stop, spins around, and just starts coming right back. I'm like, what? okay, honey, put another one in. Yeah. I'm like, now. That is so yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't cool at all. And it, it just kind of comes fast about where it was before, and it kind of just starts sauntering back and forth and looking really aggressive. It's here's back. And then these other two kind of pull up behind it. Um, and they're, they're, they're kind of chill, but they're just not very happy. And I'm like, I don't like what's going on. And I'm like, I knew the area pretty well. My daughter had actually shot a buck in the next drainage just the year before. And I told her, I said, we'll go in there where Hunter shot that buck. It's kind of an old burn. And I said, then we got some space. Because we're in the timber. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. It's not fun. No. <laughs> so we creep down in there. And then they parallel us at about 80, 90 yards away for a ways. Just kind of walking along to the side of us. We're just watching them. They're watching us. I'm like, what gives? Do you think she had like babies? So... Good uh, question. So I think, I don't know. Cubs? I didn't, what I think, yeah, I think there were some kittens. I think kittens. the two were kittens full grown. Yeah. Right? They didn't have spots, but maybe, I didn't really pay attention because shit was going down. Yeah. Shit was going down. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's probably, and I bet they had a kill. Oh, it all, it okay. all, you know, in hindsight, I, I don't know, I, I cannot corroborate, corroborate any of this, but. I mean, that would make I, sense. It right? totally makes sense because she was like super chill. And then we didn't leave, didn't leave, didn't leave. She's like, look, this is my kill. Those are my kids. Yeah, Back you off. aren't coming here and we're hungry. Yeah, yeah. And I, I suspect that was the deal. Yeah. And then she just pushed off because then we circled around. But the funniest thing, we started walking back to the truck. Now we have to kind of get around the backside of them to get in line. We're still only about a mile away from the car, two miles. And Derek goes, man, that was a pretty good hike this morning. I said, that was great. You know, she's, she's always typed in on her phone or, or like Mr. Bit, Gadget bit, bit. Fitbit thing or whatever the <laughs> hell it is, iPhone thing. And she's like, oh, how far do you think we walked? I'm like, I don't know. She goes, oh, we walked 11 miles this morning. I'm like, oh, that was a good, good walk. And she says, oh, I got to check this out. So she has her heart rate 
which I wish I had a screenshot of this. It was brilliant. Up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain. You know, heart rate up, heart rate down, heart rate up, heart rate down. 1036, redlined for four minutes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just like, I don't remember how high it was, but it was like in the in the blue was this after the bear or before the bear before before the bear i think yeah it must it had to be yeah because i I was just like wow i couldn't imagine like doing that like two years (laughs) (laughs) you guys might be like the animal whisperers Um, more of like the pride (laughs) the pride whisperers you guys are yeah i mean i could go on and on about lion stories but that one is most fun Oh yeah, gosh. so lions, you aren't going to like startle a lion. You're going to jump into it. You know, they'll come to you, and we've called them in elk hunting and stuff. And I've seen them on the river. Um, one of our guides just took a, a video one floating down the north part of the Blackfoot. Beautiful in a snowstorm about a month ago. And just a stud, big, yeah. long, heavy body, just a magnificent. And he's just cruising down the bank. There's a bunch of deer hanging in there, so he's hunting those deer. Same place where a grizzly was at three years ago with a cow elk kill. With their two cubs on the North Fork of the Blackfoot. There's a video of that too. Thing stands up, growling. What? When you, did this happen? Three years ago. My brother saw it too. It's on the North Fork. And North Fork's a little river, as you yeah. know. Yeah. Huh. Oh my gosh. So it's, I think it was in Pat Kane's boat, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, Unquoted. Unquote. All right, we got that. <laughs> I, I think Pat or one of his buddies from up there, Pro, um, were guiding, and the guy, they saw it and was like running along the bank, like woofing at him. And the guy pulls out his. His phone and starts videoing this thing, and then two cubs roll up on there. It's and it's like standing on his hind legs, and I think it was Pat. I don't remember. I think it was him, and he's rolling back. He's like, "Whoa, bear! Whoa, bear! Be cool!" And <laughs> you know, there's not much room. Yeah. What would you do? And you're on the on on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. That know. would that that could have that could have gone south. You know, it's yeah. interesting because what Matt what Matthew was talking about, like what you need to do is um and your wife who had the bear spray ready mm-hmm. is a lot of people you buy bear spray but how many times do you think people actually know like i will sit there and i'll practice like the have you, you ever know. done it i i've never i haven't do done it. but you can do it with, the, with water right don't they have like the practice cans well yeah they have it they're still expensive but i mean hey what's it worth I, I, right so what right. we do we have many 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 bottles at our house <laughs> like i don't know 12 or i don't know there's bear yeah. spray everywhere like in the garage and you know in my truck in my boat i have three cans in my boat but we look at all the expiration date and my kids i make them shoot bear spray oh i think absolutely I- my son who until recently now is a physical specimen and bigger than i am until just a year or two ago he was just this pretty small kid right yeah. and he loved to hunt with me and we would hunt pheasants a lot together and, and fish a lot and He's little, he's 80 pounds or something. And it yeah. kind of freaked him out. And this whole thing with Matthew, of course, freaked oh, him out. He gosh. wasn't there, but, yeah. it, you know, he was, it, it was at home, really hit home with him. And he, uh, so we, when I think he was nine, 10, whenever he first got his hunting license, I made him shoot bear spray. And I'll never forget, he walk out, we live on the river and walk out to the river bank. It's a pretty calm day, there's not any wind. I'm like, okay, this is how this thing works. Cap comes off, press the button. Here's a, I put a little stump up there, yeah, thirty feet away or something. I'm like, you want I want you to hit that stump. I'm gonna, uh, I said I'm gonna time you. I want this done in six seconds. And his little nine year old kid is mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, it's kind of cool for him. He's gonna draw the right. canister, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, bear's coming. Let's go. You know, hit the thing. And he's pulling the thing out, flips the cap. And first of all, when you push that button, the thing has a tendency to kick, kick up. Back. It's a yeah. it's a two handed sport. Okay. 
It's not a one-hander. See, you can do it with one hand, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Two hands. You want you don't want to have anything in your hand. You want to be controlling the can with one hand mm-hmm. and pressing the button with the other hand. Another thing, first thing he's like hits it pretty good blow and he lets off. And he looks at me and he goes, That's it? I'm like, That's it. Yeah. It's not much. It's small. It's smaller than you think. You should do it. I, you should I definitely will. do it. And have your kids do it. It's I important. Will. You know, I read I think FWP came out with um I think it was FWP. It was some hunting or some or hunting organization. Um and they're just saying something like uh bear spray does not work like bug spray. Yeah. It's not a blur pal. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like just but you and know And I'm telling you, it got to be smart. You know, with my it, yeah. my son is a little kid. He just had this vision of this massive smoke spray. screen coming out and he's like, "Wow." I'm like, "Yeah, you got to be they got to be close." Yeah. You got to be cool. You know, and that's probably, yeah, I need to because I think that's a good, because you can get a better idea of oh. exactly, because if you spray it and then they aren't there. They might run right through it. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't hit them. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I don't, but I've read a lot about it. And you've experienced A lot it. about it. They're badass. You got to hit them right in the face. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take that, touch that stuff off till they're less than 30 feet away. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be in your grill. It's not going to be horror. It's not going to be fun. But you want to hit him with a major blast. And another thing that happened, though, so he shoots his stuff. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's it. I said, you probably have some more you can. Hit it again. And he's like, and he has two of those big bursts, which is good. And now realize it's dead calm. And we're standing there chatting. And all of a sudden, we're both just like, we can't breathe. And our eyes are watering. Just the slightest <laughs> microcosm of that stuff just floating to us just about took us out. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, you do not want to. I don't, you know, what do you do if it's upwind? You just let them have it, and at least you won't breathe when you're getting attacked or something. I don't know. Or just at least, like, I mean, hopefully take it the works. Take, yeah, hopefully it works. That's that's the big that's the big takeaway. But you know where you don't need grizzly where? bear spray? Let's let's talk about your destination. Oh my God, are we are we eating up people's lives? Let's just talk. Let's just give it. I love it. There's some crazy shit going on down there too. Damn it. There's crazy shit everywhere. I love it. Stop it. <laughs> okay, bring your bear spray. Bring your bear spray twenty four seven with you. Um. So yeah, we we're trying to figure out what what next. What are we doing next, Ray? Right? We got this really cool shop. We've got an amazing team that works at their store. Um, which is hard to keep. Yeah. Right? Everybody, you know, we want to pay people. As soon as we start making money, we gave everybody a raise. Oh. Instantly. That's amazing. I mean, that's what we're going to do because without them, we can't do anything. Yeah. So I don't really. You don't you know, see too many just hi- like looking for hiring anybody on outside your, your guys' store well, window. Well, we, we need more people. Yeah. We always. need somebody right now. Oh, see? Yeah. I mean, it, literally, if somebody. Would, the problem is people think that, oh, I go to a fly shop. I'm going to sit around and tie flies, talk about fishing. It's work. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. I mean, we've got Gear a ton of inventory. We've got that entire basement. We're putting together boats. We saw those Sotar boats left yeah. and right. Um, so cool. Yeah, which is the boat that I designed, and it's been taken off really well. Yeah, I saw that black and orange. Uh, yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. That's good color. So it's, uh, that's been another great thing for us. But, I mean, there's so much work to do. Right. Like we're assembling all the frames. We get all the frames from Leo at Montana Rat Frames. And we buy, we're his biggest customer. We buy a lot of frames and a lot of trailers. Go Leo. And then we can roll it with our new building. We got this trailer with a boat on it. We roll right inside. And we have the frame and the oars and all these really nice custom stuff. And roll that thing out and sell it. But there's a lot of work to do. 
right? So people think they're going to work in a fly shop. They just hang out. So we have this great team that works their butts off. And then we have another great team up in uh, Flint Creek Outdoors, yep. which is our store in Phillipsburg, with Jaws, our manager up there. And, and uh, we have a coffee shop up there. It's doing really well. Awesome. And we just, we're going to expand into the, uh, we own the whole building and the gal that was renting that, she moved on to her own place. So now we're going to expand, I think, our coffee shop into that. So cool. We got a lot of stuff going on. You guys are doing on. a lot of stuff. Yeah. And now you guys are like, let's keep adding more. Let's yeah, yeah, we're piling it on. So then we're like, well, what's fun? What you does know? your wife what's say? Really let's get ready. <laughs> Shit's going down. Shit's going down. Shit's going How down. Are we gonna roll Come with on, it? let's keep rolling. <laughs> what else can we do? <laughs> and uh, yeah, you need to. Like Matthew, he just, every time he's like, what are we doing now? You know, he's like, are you <laughs> kidding? We're going to open another business. But um, we anticipate, um, you know, having this store working really well and, and it's been great so what we'd like to do is really start doing a lot more destinations our kids are older my son's a junior my daughter's um graduated from high school she's going over to seattle to esthetician school here pretty soon i'm Amazing. so excited for, excited for going to the city and you so know cool. country girl don't worry about grizzlies no grizz but a lot of creepers, okay, um, creepers. i don't know maybe not um but I, I think this is really good yeah. for her and really i'm probably more excited about it than she is and my son i you know, probably go to school i don't know so we'll have instead of being soccer parents and doing all the travel and all that stuff and they're both on these crazy travel teams and everything and you know a bunch of you know, high school stuff which you'll find out soon enough it is you know when your kids are young they make decisions that mess up the week or something. The decisions they, bad decisions they make now are life-changing, right? So the stress level just yeah. is increased. But now they're both super cool and great to hang out with, and we can leave. Yeah. So we're doing these hosted trips. So what we do is we pick two or three places that we want to go that are cool. I love it. And then we invite clients to join us, and people are like, well, why would I do that? I can just through whoever, Yellow Dog right. or whoever, which makes sense, right? We get the same deal they do. Nobody pays any extra. Right. It's the key in most of these places we've been to before or if we're if it's an inaugural trip, then we just tell, we usually have people that we know that they're in their game, right? Yeah. We're like, we've got all the intel. This place is great, but we're going to make sure, but, you know, we haven't been there. So I don't know the guides personally and stuff like that. Um, for instance, we've been to Bur uh, Belize five times or something at Turnoff Flats. I know all the guides personally, and, and it, it's just great. And then, what we so the value to the customer is um, we're the conduit between the management of the lodge um, with the guides and everything. So if there's some, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, there's a little bit of a uh, uh, conflict of uh, just personalities or something, right. you know. Not all guides can just roll with anybody. Right. right. That's what makes an exceptional guide. Right. Versus a good guide. Right. Absolutely. And then there's and some customers cannot roll with just anybody. Absolutely. Right? It works both ways. Right? So Totally. We're all human. Yeah. We get that. And um, we probably understand it. I would argue as well as anybody. Probably better than anybody. I mean, that's what my wife does is divvy out hundreds of days of guiding trips to guides trying to match the right people maybe not even knowing these people just by talking to them on the phone yeah. saying mm, this is kind of what they're into I can get them with this guide and that guide's not really going to work for them that's what we're good at that's so good. what we do is we go to these places and 
we 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 meet with the outfitter or the uh, management and we say okay you know here's our roster of people this is what these people are kind of like these people are going to be really hardcore anglers these people are not going to be whatever right yeah and uh, these people are going to run the longest day you can give them these people are only going to want to you know they're probably going to roll out of there too they're going to get plenty of fishing whatever it is you know this person might want to look for monkeys that's fine right but we have an idea of that so I, I would say that's the value add for this. Plus, we're fun. You guys are so much fun. I had a great... I love you guys. We're fun, I had so right? much fun. And my wife is funny as hell. She is so smart. And then when Matthew and my wife go, it's just... You can't... Your stomach hurts because they're so funny, right? And that's part of the game. They get their little skit going, whatever that is. I don't know. Um, so we pick a few places and we're doing that. And... Um, uh, we're going to go to Bahamas this year to a place we haven't gone, to Mangrove uh, Cay, which I've been to Bahamas many times, not many, but several different places, but not at this particular place on Andros, which I think is, I think the bone fishing potential is there is really, really special. And then we're going to go back to uh, Belize and we're going to have Noelle. She's going to uh, host that trip. And this is something we can do for our staff. Oh, right. Because then they can go and we basically, basically what we do is we get a free land package from these. If we fill the place up, that's what they, that's what the outfitter gives you. We do the same thing when somebody pays a big group to Missoula. Everybody does. They have a hosted, and that's built into the price, right? So then, you know, I mean. I don't know, maybe she has a rich uncle, too, that's going to pay for <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but chances are she can't afford to. Yeah, right? We all do. Um, <laughs> chances are she can't afford to go to Belize for a week yeah. at a beautiful lodge with a guide every day. And it's it's expensive. Of course. But we can send her there. I it's love awesome. that. So that gives her incentive to stay and work hard and, and kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And in the winter in Montana, you want to go to Belize. Why not? So then uh, last year, Terry and I did an inaugural trip to Brazil. Yes. Which I will just say is the coolest fishing experience of my entire life. And I've seen some pretty good ones. That's amazing. I it need, was, it's on my bucket it list. Was, it was. I saw the photos. I it can't tell incredible. you. It was everything about it was special. We had the best time. Just before we even went there, we're in Manaus, and you know, I had this idea that Manaus, Brazil, everybody's telling me, well, you got to fly to Sao Paulo, and then back to Manaus. I'm like, I don't care. I wanted to go to Brazil to fish for peacock bass on the Aguaboa River for 15 years. It's been booked and booked, and then COVID kind of threw a wrench into everything, right? People were canceling and all this stuff. So the guy that runs their operation talked to me and said, hey, we're gonna have a week open. The last week is gonna open. I'm like, we'll take it, and I called. 20 of our good customers and said hey we're gonna do this so i needed 10 or eight including yeah 10 and then terry and i and we booked it up pretty quick and uh and we hadn't been there we were really upfront about that but we're like look this is going to be pretty special and anyway we go there and we had this amazing time in manaus which is crazy brazilian city is so alive i mean there was the biggest party going on below our hotel till four in the morning 5 30 in the morning till the sun came up and they all left I mean, just it's just so vibrant, and it's kind of. I mean, they're big cities. They're like yeah, Manaus is two million people, right? Missoula <laughs> is the biggest place I've ever lived. So I'm like, holy crap! Um, but it, it's that was fun. And then we get on a plane and we fly for two hours. And I'm a pretty, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a game dude, right? I'm I'm keen to do some pretty cool stuff, pretty you know adventuresome. But when you're flying for two hours in a small plane. 
and all you see is water no. and jungle and no. water and jungle and water and jungle. I'm like, I'm not a house, not a road. I'm like, right on. We are. I'm like, I hope the wheels stay on this bus. <laughs> I, I, I would vomit. <laughs> no, no. It's awesome. That gives me anxiety. No, well, I mean, that's what's cool about it, right? Because oh. then you're like, there's a little anxiety. And then like we're going up the river and we I literally have been thinking about this for 15 years. We're flying up the Rio and I look down and it's chocolate. And my heart just sunk. I'm like, really? This is so typical. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I get these great client friends of mine. And we're all excited about this. And the river is blown out. Yeah. Oh, and we did take a, a little tour on the Amazon where it meets in Rio Negro, which was amazing. Right. <laughs> First of all, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm like. Okay, I'm going to the Amazon. I'm going to do some fishing. I'm going to have fun no matter what. And I immediately, because I can see the altimeter starting to dip. And we're dropping. I'm like, okay. And I'm looking for lagoons and ponds. I mean, you know, I can't get my guide mind stopped, right? I'm right. like, I'm in charge, boy. I got to. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. I got to figure out some way to make this happen, you know? And so I'm looking at different places. I see some ponds and stuff. And then we kind of tip over on a wing and we make a curve. And there's another river. And it's blowing. It's pretty big, you can say, but it's kind of green. I'm like, oh, I can work with that. And that's the Agua Boa. Uh, we were going to. I can't even get in the other river right now. It doesn't matter. So anyway, we drop in. You spin around. They do a quick circle to make sure there isn't any animals on the <laughs> on the little uh, airstrip when we drop in. And right there is a lodge, and they meet with champagne. I mean, it's a really oh, wow. you're in the Amazon, but it's pretty gosh. It was I was blown away. My new favorite person in fly fishing, Carlos, is the manager there. He's been doing this for 16 years. The second morning, I'm up really early, you know, as I always am. And I'm taking pictures of this beautiful sunrise. And I look over, and he's over there before daylight. And I kind of walk over to him. Like, hey, morning, Carlos. And he's taking pictures. He's like, now, did you notice this morning? The sun is a little, or the sunrise is a little more purple. And yesterday it was yellow. And I just thought, how cool is that? Yeah. This guy's been looking at the same sunrise for 16 years. Got it. And he's still into it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we were comparing pictures and stuff. I thought, man, this is a good dude. And, uh, but they, you get in, you go fishing, and all the guys are stressed. Worst fishing they've ever, they've had this year. My God, he's great. It was awesome. (laughs) I'm telling you, it was incredible. So It was, we rolled with this one guy, Val, and their senior guys. We go with him, Terry and I get jumping his boat first thing. Like, that day. You fly in there and you're fishing by after lunch. And we roll down not very far and the river's flooding into the jungle. And we're casting, blind casting. And Terry's got a little mini ears and she's not, you know, a crazy flight. And she's not feeling 100%. She's like, you go ahead and fish for a few minutes. I'm just going to sit here and chill for the champagne lunch. Didn't settle in. She's like, I'm just going to chill for a minute. So, okay, you know, because I don't want to be greedy. And I want my wife to catch a bunch of fish. And, um. So I'm casting, and I'm getting little nicks. We were blind casting. It's kind of swollen river, and yeah, flooded, and who cares? And he's trying to tell me to set the hook a little harder, and I'm thinking, man, it's hard for me to shut off my guide mode. And plus, I'm just like, really, this, you know, I thought, if I can do anything, I can run a hook into this table, into oak. I can set a hook. I'm like, man, it's not really hitting it. They were like, tick, 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 tick. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, Jesus, this might be hard. So we didn't get in. We had a few bites and nothing. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. 
So then we go into the jungle a little bit, just go up through these mangrove kind of canopy, and we push the boat. They got pulling boats, just like on in the flats, yeah, right? So you have a yeah, pole, like and skiff. but you're yeah skiff. It's yeah. A, it, but it's a metal skiff. It's like a, it's kind of a combo Alaska like skiff. A long john yeah, long john boat skiff. with a skiff, you yeah. know, because they're tough, right? Yeah. You gotta you're banging them around. We roll into this lagoon and we're just blind fishing up this bank and and I mean I get hit. I'm like, oh, that's more like I set the hook. Can I get about a five pound Tomensis peacock bass? The thing is just pulling so hard I cannot tell you how hard. It is. I'm like, oh my god, he's just yanking. I've got a nine weight just bent to the court. I pull it in and I think it's a beauty. He's like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, well, I didn't get skunked, right? I'm I'm jacked. Yeah. And then the coolest thing. So then. I fished for a few more minutes. I'm like, Terry, you got to, I missed another one. I'm like, you got to do this. And she's like, I'm feeling better. So she gets up there and we're pulling along and then he kind of backs off the bank a bit and we're in a flooded, it's not as steep and it's flooded and you can hear him like busting bait way back in the jungle, but you can't get to him. And I was like, God dang it, man, you know, and I was like, I look back at the guy and he's up on the pole and I was fish, you know, and you got the, yeah. uh, they're Portuguese speaking. So there's right. a language barrier, but they can speak fish speak, you know, yeah, and yeah. then you got. Google Translate, my new best friend. Awesome. You can don't actually need to it was learn anything. Awesome. No, nothing. It's just right there. You don't need to be like a Matthew. Huh. You don't need to be that yeah. smart. I, just a <laughs> dumb guy like me can converse <laughs> with these guys with Portuguese. And we roll up the bank, and there's, we hear him again. I'm like, God dang it, you know? And next thing you know, I don't know if you've ever been on a, have you ever been on a polling boat before? Justin you, has okay, something that okay, he okay. kind of, yeah, I mean. Well, I have a skiff. And I'm uh -huh. not very good at it, but I'm telling you, it's kind of tricky. And then you put it in mud, it can yank your ass right off the deck, right, yeah. right off that platform. And a couple times I've had to catch myself. So sure enough, I hear him back there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's going in. And I want to see this. So I spin around. He's super chill. And they're really good pullers, right? I mean, yeah. they're quiet. Well, that was kind of weird. It just made all this noise. And I didn't think of it. Roll a little bit more. Hear a couple more. <laughs> I hear this woof again behind me. He takes his pole and he makes a big circle like a snap T of a, of a, uh, that a, uh, pole? a, yeah, a snap T with a two-handed, with a pole. He makes this big snap C and it just makes, woof. and I'm like, holy shit, we're calling the fish. How cool is that? And he's no like, way. he's like, Terry, put it back in there again. And he does it again. And I'm like, right on. And she's stripping, stripping. And this thing boils about four feet from the boat, misses her fly. It sounded like a fourth grader off a high dive, just boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, holy shit, it sounded exactly like his pole circling in there. Now, I'd never seen this before. She throws it back in there, boom, fish on, kicking her ass. I mean, I have so many videos of her pulling these fish in. It's like she's in a fist fight. It's just pulling the rod down and then up and then down and then up. And it's just like she's trying to get him on the reel. And then she's got a, she's got a bruise on her forearm <laughs> from trying to fight him against that. And I'm like, that one's too big. You got to put it in your stomach. She's trying to check it into her stomach. Her stomach's bruised from fighting fish after the week. And she brings us in 11 pounder. <laughs> I'm like, our day, our trip is made, Amazing. right? And then I got, we got a couple more. And I see him look at his watch. Watching, I'm like, hey, Bell, how much time? He goes, well, you know, we're not very far from the lodge. He did such an, and I'm like, don't worry, we're done. So we've got plenty. Let's go. So it was just like that every day. It was an adventure. They gave me a machete and a paddle. Said, we're going that way. At one point, we pull out a chainsaw. 
because the river is flooding and we had to go into these backwaters. Everything about this trip was the coolest thing I've ever done. Fishing trip. Coolest fishing experience in my life. On the way home, we booked two weeks back to back. I'm not even coming home for two weeks next year. I'm so excited. (laughs) I've never heard of like calling a fish in. Neither. I love to call animals. I call deer and elk. Elk are the coolest. Oh, the elk and the deer and pheasants. And I mean, I've called pheasants or turkeys. crazy. Anything. Yeah. Right? Ducks, geese. But the fish, I was like, here we go. We're calling fish. What could be better? And he, no question, sucked them out. Oh, my God. Because they hear that. Right. And then you'll catch uh, the Tamensis are the cool ones with the black striped. Look, they took a big white black paintbrush and just, I mean, they look like they're on a clown fish, right? I mean, yeah, they're just crazy yeah. colors. Doesn't and then even look the real. butterflies have the spots on the sides and they don't get quite as big. I think an eight, eight to 10 pounder would be a really big one. Most of them run like two to five. But imagine catching the hardest fighting smallmouth, like. <sighs> Over and over and over and over my again. It's my They're favorite. just like that. And oh you could gosh. catch my, I bet out of a space no bigger than this little room we're in right now, Terry probably caught 15 of those peacocks in there and, and the, the butterflies just one after another, just throw an airstreamer in there and just wham, wham, wham. And they're making a bunch of noise, right? Well, that brings in more. Not only that, here comes a caiman. So I didn't know, I thought the caiman and crocodiles were the same thing. So I'd seen crocs in africa which was kind of dicey uh-huh. everybody is falling in the river and swimming and there are crocs in the river that was scary um and i'd seen alligators in florida but i hadn't i didn't realize the caiman is kind of in between the two they yeah. get almost as big as a croc so anyway we're in brazil there's caiman here he comes we have great videos coming in coming in coming in and then he kind of terry snagged up on the bush and he's yanking and she's yanking her fly out and he thinks it's a bird, so he's hanging out right under it, trying to look up at her fly. And, you know, I'm I'm leaning over. I turned into, she said this, I'm her boga bitch. Because all I'm doing is taking her fish off with my boga grip. A little, we have a knockoff boga grip. Uh-huh. The first one I got, the big one, 11 pounder, she first big one she got, I picked it up. We weigh the thing. I got to put it back in. It yanks it out of my hand, and I had to reach over it at the last second and grab the thing. That's how strong they are. Two of our people lost their grips on fish just took them and swam away oh my gosh so, i mean they're really tough fish yeah. so i'm handling all these fish that she's catching right because i'm the boga boy you are the boga boy and i'm like come on and i told the guy i'm like yeah, i don't he goes oh he's fine i'm like no, he's not fine so funny he pushed the boat over there bang smacks him on the back with his push pole that's an eight or nine footer it swims off so he goes he's spooked now i'm like i don't know so we pull back out there and i'm like all right terry I got a fish at least sometimes. <laughs> She's been catching <laughs> all the fish. She's like, good, my arm's sore. <laughs> so she lets me take a, a, a cast or two. And I throw in there, fish on, you know, first thing. And sure enough, here he comes again. Come out of nowhere. She's like, uh-oh, we have a sacrificial bass. Gets about eight feet from the boat. She's videoing the thing. It just eats the peacock bass right off of my line. Just wham. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was startling. Oh, how cool. Well, yeah, at least now you have really two cool. weeks. But now I'm like, I asked Kaboko, the guide, I'm like, uh, Kaboko, <laughs> are we feeding the bear here? I mean, is this smart? <laughs> right? Because now he's like, well, hell. Right. Now he's boat. always going to follow these, the boats. Exactly. Yeah. What do you say? No? 
He's like, man, it's fine. He's he's, he said it was spooked a few minutes before that anyway. Akuna Matata. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what they say. But Akuna Matata. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, you were talking about the good grizz and the bad grizz, you know, because yeah. they were talking about these mm-hmm. cocktails. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking to Carlos, the manager, about him. And I said, he goes, ah, I told him about that. I'm like, is that bad? He goes, that's fine. He goes, you probably wouldn't want to do that every day, but it's fine. I'm like, all right. He goes, another one. There's a, about a 12-footer that lives right there at the dock. He goes, I don't trust that one. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? The one that I basically force feed every day. Hello. You could just like hand him a Sat little. Sat there, look at the sunset, sunrise yeah, with yes. your little buddy there. Give him a little I bit. I mean, of... he's right there. He goes, no. I don't trust that one. I'm like, what? Why do you tell us this? See how he how he acts when you see him yeah. at next visit. Yeah. Well, John, if um, people are wanting to maybe go on this excursion yeah, with you. Yeah, we've only got like three spots, I think, left. Okay, but, three yeah. spots. Or maybe people want to work at the shop and mm-hmm. have an opportunity. Absolutely. What's the best way for them to follow, get no, in touch with you? Um, Blackfootriver.com. Yep. That's our website. And that has all the connections. And then we have Facebook, obviously, the same thing. If you yep. look up um, Blackfoot River on Facebook, Blackfoot River Outfitters. Yep. Right, um, and most of the time we come up pretty high in that, or you can just call the store and talk to Matthew. I'm never there. I'll be on the river tomorrow. I got to figure out where the hell I'm going to go tomorrow. Rivers where, are blown out. Where are you going to go? Uh, I think I'm going to go on the lower oh. Blackfoot. Oh, okay. nobody else is going to go. It's going to oh. be muddy. And we're going to catch a bunch of big fish. Well, it'll be fun. I mean, yeah. there's big fish if you just you just got to work a little bit harder. Yeah, for and it. you know, counterintuitively, the higher the water is, the more concentrated the fish are. Most people think just the opposite. They think the higher it lowered is, the more concentrated they are. But in these big rivers, they can spread out from bank to bank. Yeah. When the river's really high, they're all shoved against the banks or on the inside corners. So I kind of know where they're at. That's why you need to go fishing <laughs> with the with the Blackfoot River right. Outfitter crew. Well, thank you so Thanks, much for Lauren. joining me. This was too much fun. I, I think I've been grinning the entire time just sitting here. Except when you were scared. Except when I was scared. <laughs> I was about to vomit, which this room I is like the started color. I crying. The color of this room is probably. <laughs> yeah, this vomit. <laughs> is Let's sh- tone it down. Yeah, we, we might need to write a note, but this is so much fun. Yeah, and great. I can't thank you enough for joining me today. Thanks a bunch. Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.